0: So schools went back last week and probably now in full swing, um, whether it's staggered, staggered days, all that sort of stuff. And of course, the university will be going back shortly um, in the next uh, two or three weeks across the country. But with me today, then, is somebody with a very, very good um, and deep perspective of the school system. It is Matt Coleman. He is the director for primary education at the NEN Education Trust, um, which oversees seven schools, six primary schools and one uh, secondary, but I think Matt's area is the primary schools. Matt, welcome to the show and um, yeah, it must have been a busy few weeks for you, I would imagine.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, it, re- it really has been, to be honest with you, a busy few, a busy few months um, in truth. Since, since lockdown was first announced back in March, um, obviously schools didn't ever close and uh, we stayed open for the key work on vulnerable children, but schools look very different now to, to how they did um, pre-COVID um, in terms of the increased focus on um hand washing increased cleaning one-way systems for parents um having children having to learn and, and and only sort of socialize in their in their, in their social bubbles in their classrooms um yeah, sorry so 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 yeah the, the, it, it's very different but i think we're delighted this week at, or the back end of last week and this week to to have children back in our schools because in truth schools are rubbish when kids aren't there um so it's lovely to have that hubbub of sort of activity and, and the buzz of school life that, we, that we've missed for the past few months.
0: Well, I can imagine. I'm sure the children too. Are they uh, are they glad to be back then? You know, are they sort of realizing what a good thing school is and uh, stop moaning about it and getting on with it and wanting to now go back to learn? I think the vast
1: majority, yes, absolutely glad to be back. I mean, ultimately we are we're social creatures as human beings and we like being around others. Um, and I suppose you don't really realize how, how much you value something until it isn't there. Um, so obviously for a few, maybe for a couple of weeks, the novelty of not being at school and being able to be at home and, uh, and, and kind of be a bit more flexible was was, was nice. But I know for, for all the children that I've spoken with over the past few days um, in our schools, and even my own children who went back to school this morning, um, over at their school, they're desperate just to be back with, with their mates and, and have that interactivity again.
0: And what about the teachers? Because obviously the risk among youngsters for COVID is not very high, but the fact that they can be carriers. What are your teachers feeling like, your staff?
1: I think uh, teachers are, are, uh, and I'm very biased, but teachers are a remarkable breed. Um, So the resilience and and the flexibility that's been on show has been been quite superb, and I'm very proud of everybody within this organisation. No, that's not to say there hasn't been huge levels of anxiety. Um, Lots of concern, um, wanting to know... Um, details of reopening plans etc to the nth degree and that's absolutely right you know the, the risk assessment and the level of detail that's gone into making sure our schools are, are safe for the, for the youngsters and also for the staff coming back teachers, teaching assistants, office staff, admin staff etc um, has, been, has been a massive focus of ours and we've had to make sure that we've been empathetic we've listened to concerns and been again been flexible and understanding with our approach to, to, to meet certain individual needs.
0: Indeed. What's the change then for them? Who's wearing the masks? The children or the tutors, the teachers?
1: Um so so at the moment, um, children don't wear masks in primary schools. Um, so ch- children above the or in our secondary schools, in their communal shared areas, so in corridors, etc., they are expected to wear masks. Um, but in primary schools children are, are not expected to wear masks and so we don't encourage that. In fact, we actively discourage that and that's following the PhE guidance. Um, but for teachers and, and teaching assistants and staff in our primary schools, the vast majority don't wear masks or visors. Um, they have the opportunity, if they're perhaps working very closely one to one with a child for, for a prolonged period of time, then the option is there to, to put a visor on or, or a mask. And obviously, if there's any intimate care going on, so or first aid the then PPE is, is, is crucial that that is worn. But generally. Um, I, the schools that I've been in so far, so towards the back end of last week, and, and, and popped into a couple of this morning, we're not we're not seeing teachers with face coverings or visors on.
0: Interesting. Are you? Um, have you had any incidents in the last few days then of COVID? Are you checking temperatures? Anything like that?
1: Temperatures are, are monitored, monitors. Um, however, again, it's it, you have to be realistic in what you can and can't achieve. Um, so, if you've got a school of say four hundred plus children. Um, to, to monitor temperatures regularly is is, is almost not feasible. So um, we're, we're working with parents and carers to ensure that they know um, how kind of well or not well their children are. And obviously if any of the, the key indicators, the key symptoms of COVID are prevalent in any of our young people or, or any of their, their members of their family, then we do take measures to, to ask those children not to come into school. I think you're relying an awful lot on on, on common sense and people following the guidance. And the guidance is very well sort of known nationwide, isn't it? So, um, yeah, in terms of the, the, the main stipulation, I suppose, that we have is that we, we, we really do encourage parents and carers to, to observe social distancing on the way into schools. Parents and carers don't actually come into our school environments, children stay in their bubbles and they're regularly washing hands and making sure that they are um, sanitizing properly.
0: Okay. You mentioned there the national sort of situation. You know, how well do you think the government has done in terms of um, helping, supporting, planning, preparing for this and communicating it?
1: Uh, so, um, it? It's all been a game of politics, hasn't it? Um, I have to, I perhaps I have to be a little bit careful what I say that. How well do I think they've done? Um, not very, in, in truth. I think there the, 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 the have been huge contradictions all the way through. Um, the the guidance has changed regularly. This is not just for the education sector, this is for us as society, Um, but specifically for us in education. We receive guidance at at the same time as as every other member of the public. Um, For instance, the the Friday before Bank Holiday weekend, when schools were due to come back last week, Friday evening, 7.30pm, was when the, the... the most up-to-date guidance was released—a 52-page document released from central government. Um, so we, we haven't been particularly helped, um, nor I think as a as, a, as an organizer as a certain sector within society. Sorry, um, but I don't think the, the education profession and teachers in particular are particularly trusted, um, and there just seems to have been a lot of red tape and a lot of contradictions as I said.
0: Well, that could be going back many years and not just from COVID, no.
1: Oh, i think so yeah i mean i think that you only have to look at the, the the debacle around i know we're moving away from COVID now but the debacle around a level of gcse exam results, um that's been in the press for the past few weeks to show that that, that proves and shows that there's a profession um and you know a group of uh, you know, professionals within society who have trained really hard to to get to where they have as teachers um to have an algorithm Predicts or you know decide upon grades for, for young people where some young people can go from That's been given a B in a subject to an E or something. You know, it doesn't it, it, it just smacks of um, it, Unfortunately our education system is, is very focused on statistics and um, Trying to do a bit better than the previous year. Um, yeah, so figures are what matter, um, and that that filters right down to schools. You know, you could be offering the most engaging, enriching, um, incredible curriculum for young people, but if your exam results, if your data um, doesn't jump out and, and say, look at us, we're doing great, then you're deemed by Ofsted and by the government to not be a good enough school. Um, so, so yeah, there are. I think there are huge cultural issues that are embedded within within perhaps central government that filters into education
0: as well. So how have we got to this point then? Because clearly the government is looking at international statistics. We can see examples of where schooling is is doing well. The UK system is generally, certainly at the university level, um, valued around the world because of the so-called critical thinking and relatively liberal uh, approach in many ways. Where or why have we gone wrong in the schools? Because my wife is a teacher, secondary school teacher. Um, my kids have just, you know, finished the sort of schooling system, and university system, and um, I've been a governor. And it's very clear that that you're right. Tick box exercise, focus only on the statistics. Um, you know, are we doing enough for the whole child, and are we keeping up with our international competitors?
1: The, the the short answer is no, absolutely not. The longer answer is to answer the very first part of your question: where have we gone wrong, or why doesn't it work? Um, I think when you are in a in an education sector that is so heavily focused on accountability measures, um, so being held to account for data, um, having such a, a tight, um, you know, very boundary driven off the framework, um, DFE focusing fundamentally again on, on, on figures, data figures, etc. Um, those huge stakes of accountability mean that, that schools can't be liberal and free. I think it's I think the whole further education sector is different. Um, I think universities have there's more scope to, um, to, to perhaps be a bit freer in, in the way in which um, education is carried out. But certainly for us, you know, as a, as a sector, um, and the UK education system in particular, you know, it's the only education system I know, but I'm very critical of it because I think it's hugely backward looking. I still think it's Victorian-esque in its makeup. And obviously we're very much into a 21st century world now. And mm. um, we're not preparing children and our young people for for the life of work in the future, and really for life itself.
0: Well, I think that's very true indeed, and I do wonder if in the in the universities are in some ways, um, you know, you know, more and more people have gone to university. Was it one in two now, whereas in when I was younger, it was one in one in five, perhaps. Um, and your comment about are we preparing people for work and for life is is very true. What what would you do differently? You know, what sort of things other than focusing on the numbers and the exam results? What with would you do, or what are you doing differently in your schools?
1: So I think the the, the key focus for me is something I've I've worked really hard on across all of the schools that I've worked with is, and it sounds very glib and a bit cliche, but it's making learning real. So it's real life experiences. It's it's remembering that eighty percent of of young people who who start their school journey? So, eight out of ten of ch- children in, in our reception classes, when they get their first job in 15, 16, 17 years' time, that job doesn't currently exist at the moment. Um, so, we're saying, so w- yet we've got an education system that, that is quite backward looking. So, so it's offering real, genuine, um, life focused, life skills opportunities that prepare young people for. for for the world of work and the and society that we don't really know a great deal about those transferable skills that you mentioned, critical thinking from, from the university aspect, being able to socialise, hold a conversation, interact with one another, all of those things. And I think the second part of your question was, what are we, how are we making that happen? Um, one thing that I've always been very keen to focus on, and one thing that is certainly happening now um, for, from our organisation across the Men Education Trust, is we are actively linking up with, with businesses and with corporate organisations to make it real to get their input on our curriculum, you know, rather than focusing on a national curriculum that was written a few years ago again that is probably quite outdated already. Let's speak to local businesses, let's speak to the organisations within this wonderful county of Northamptonshire and get their in- input into what actually our young people need to be learning and what skills they need to have when, when they eventually do leave school.
0: Well, our mutual friend Ben Thomas from All Things Business—he's um, very much a protagonist in this, isn't he? He's brought together the Northamptonshire Schools and Business Alliance, um, which you know I'm sure you've got a few comments on. Uh, is it is it working? Are you getting closer to local businesses? What else yeah, do you we want local businesses to do for you?
1: I think the beautiful thing about the Northamptonshire Schools and Business Alliance, with Ben uh, and, and Laura Givings from RS, um, it was it was sort of, it began this time last year. Um, and I went along to the first meeting, heard Ben heard Ben speak. Um, his why for doing for doing this is 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 what drew me to to want to know more. And since then, I've become the education lead for the organisation. So between myself, Ben, and Laura, um, we've managed to over the course of the last few months, even during lockdown, organically grow something that isn't funded centrally. So it's not it's not central government funded. It's not it's it doesn't have key KPIs and benchmarks that we're looking to achieve, it's very loose in its thinking, but but I think what we're noticing is that schools and, um, and businesses are talking much more freely um, and and engaging in an organic sense rather than being bound. Again, I'll come back to that accountability and, and frameworks. Rather than being constricted by something, um, we almost don't conform to the norm, which I think is, is part of the, the beauty of the organisation. Um, and what do schools need more? You know, there's there's all the very traditional stuff of, of careers and enterprise work and, you know, guidance from, from those in business, which I think, again, I'm not going to poo-poo that at all. That's invaluable. But there's, there's a deeper level that we can go to here, and I mentioned it earlier, and it's around local businesses and schools linking up to actually write the curriculum and, and have input into the curriculum that our children and young people are going to be learning so it becomes real. And I think that's the... That's the direction we're looking to travel. Uh, We're not there yet. And this organisation has has a long way to go and it's getting interest from from various bodies. We had a meeting with Tom Persput of MP on on Friday to to share with him the the, the direction of travel for the NSBA. Um, But I think the very organic nature of it means that it will that, that it will be successful.
0: Yeah, are the no? I mean, you mentioned RS components there, who are really very active in this, aren't they? In terms of yes. supporting local education, but you know, are the numbers of businesses getting involved growing? Then,
1: yeah, I think we're seeing we're seeing more and more businesses wanting to. I think I think to be fair to businesses, and I've you know the past past year or so managed to to, to, to network with with various business leaders because for me personally, in my role as a director in education, I can learn a lot from those people who are directors in business. Um, And for our CEO, who's the CEO of this organization, he could learn from CEOs in business. So there's a lot of crossovers, leadership, linkups, et cetera. But I think what we're seeing, what I've always known is that businesses want to help education. At times, they just don't know how. So through this alliance, we're we're giving businesses that that pathway to say, well, this is what the education sector could do. This is where you could really help.
0: Um, What
1: can you offer us?
0: I think that's brilliant I, I think the university is involved right it sends representatives. Yes, That's right
1: yes 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 yeah
0: that's good what about parents these days my wife sometimes comes home and does um, complain a little bit about um, perhaps the lack of support from parents you know and I uh, we all understand that parents are probably just about managing probably both having to work um, you know there's they're, they're, they're str- sort of stressed out working all day are you getting the right support from parents and you know what what do you do about engaging that sort of stakeholder group
1: I think we have to be we have to be mindful of where we are um, in, in society again. Um, I'm not. I, I have no right to to criticize parents and carers. I know what a hard what a hard job it is, as you say. We're in a. I think England or the UK seems to be. We're such a fast-moving society, and there's never any time for anything. We're always in a rush. We're always in such a hurry. Um, I, I spoke to a friend of mine this morning who who lives over in Sweden, and he said that he's got an English wife, and he said that she's struggling to get used to the. The slow pace of life, because she's so used to, 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 to what it's like over here. Um, being a parent myself, um, I've got two two children, a nine year old and a five year old. I know that I'm guilty at times of, of, of kind of interacting more with my phone, um, etc., than I do w- with them, and I have to make a conscious effort to to focus my attention on, on on my children because we're in a society now where an awful lot of communication is done through a screen um, and through you know, tapping away on a phone or a tablet of some description, so it's being mindful of that. But actually, we need to be we need to use that and understand that as well. So when you talk about engaging parents in school life, um, I rarely do I have a drop off or pick my children up from school because I'm at work, of course. So how can I engage with my own children's school? Well, that's through things like looking at what they're up to on Twitter, on Facebook, reading parent mails, looking at videos come out from the school. So we have perhaps a duty as a, as a sector to be more mindful of that. And that's something I know across our whole organisation. We open our doors metaphorically in different ways. The school is always open. It just might be through a different medium.
0: Yeah. Well, what about um, children from perhaps, got to use the word carefully, I guess, disadvantaged backgrounds yeah. or special needs or, you know, where the parents have got are struggling, have got issues. Um, does the school, is it becoming almost a social services hub? Should it be becoming more of a social services hub? With um, government is pulling back and has no money on social services, of course, that's the context.
1: That's right. Well, yes, to, to answer both your question, is it becoming more of a social services hub? Yes. Should it be? Probably yes, as well. You know, we're seeing increasing numbers of young people coming to us, those from disadvantaged backgrounds, those with special educational needs, but but, but also perhaps children who don't fit into either of those brackets. Um, with social, emotional, mental health concerns um, the well-being of our young people, it's is widely known, it's, is something nationally, or probably globally, actually, that, that, that is a concern. Um, so, d- do schools need to do more in that aspect? Yes. I mean, the, the, the school I um, was head teacher at, Windmill we Primary, the biggest investment we had over the past four or five years, before, before I moved into this role, was the only area of staffing that we increased in the pastoral sort of care and that family support um, area because we recognised that children's emotional and mental health needs were the, the areas that were suffering. Um, it, central government don't help that. In um, fact, that it, it, they've done the opposite to help. They've really hindered our progress in that area because, as you rightly said, funding has been pulled. You know, it's it was interesting that when. But when this government, one of the first moves that this, this current government made um, all those years ago when they came into power was to change what was the, I believe, Department for Children, Schools and Families, um, that was what the department was called, the name change to the Department of Education. Now, of course, it's just semantics, but the, the, the overarching ethos there shows that, okay, children, schools and families was, was the focus with children's centres all over the country, etc., Funding for that was all pulled, and now it is the Department for Education.
0: Yeah, I think you make some very telling points there about the social, emotional and mental needs of youngsters. And we see it at the university now in the last, I've been in the university 12, 13 years, and I've seen more incidents of, um, you know, mental well-being issues in the last couple of years. So it does seem to be... Endemic uh, at all ages of youngsters. There are great pressures, aren't they? And I, even the social media is a great pressure. You know, you're looking at everybody else having a great time, and here I am on a wet Tuesday. You know, having to do my homework, sort of thing. I don't understand the question I've been asked. So I think that, that that you do have a big, big role in in combating those pressures in a society that, as you rightly said earlier on, is getting um, you know faster and faster. So this issue of you know social hub. Is an interesting one, actually. I think it merits more research into that area to almost the evidence to prove that, you know, in the lack of closing all the youth clubs and all the other things that austerity has done in the last 10 years, yeah. we, you know, we have to have a, a, a base and a safe place and safe haven. And I think the schools, probably you're not getting funded for it, but, you know, you are rising to that challenge. You know, the, the breakfast clubs and all that sort of stuff. Yes. People that may not get a proper, you know, food poverty is, is such a big issue. You're a local boy, right?
1: Correct. I was born and bred and very proudly so. Um, so. So yeah, very, very proud to, to to support and promote and do what I can for this wonderful county.
0: Well, indeed. And that's one of the messages of this show is that the county has so much going for itself. I don't think we o- often realize we've been beaten rotten with you know lots of problems and issues at local government, in children's services, all sorts of issues. But there is such a lot of good stuff going on. And I can see, Matt, you know, your commitment and passion for your work. Just give us the names of a couple of schools and maybe some of our listeners who are primarily, I think, initially Northampton, but within the county. Just give us a couple of schools that NEN Education Trust um, covers.
1: Well, I can chuck them all out in about five seconds. So we've got Manor um, Secondary School Sports College, there's Wynmore Primary School in and um, St Peter's um, CE Junior Academy, Rawls Park Infant School, and then we've got Woodford CE Primary School, which is over towards Kettering, um, Newton Road School in Rushden and Stanick Primary Academy. So there are seven at the moment.
0: Nice one. A big shout out for all of those. And hopefully if they, you can even get all the students to all the pupils to listen, so they can all be cheering as their school's named. Um,
1: That'd be
0: great. <laughs> we've covered a lot of ground. So any sort of last minute, um, messages really you'd like to get across to, to individuals, to volunteers, to businesses. And of course your contact details, if anyone would like to get in touch with you to talk more about these issues or get involved with the Northamptonshire schools and business Alliance.
1: Yeah. So, um, so I, think, I guess I guess the, the closing message is that lockdown has proved that that, that businesses and education, that all sectors of community can work together and can come closer. Um, and the kindness, the understanding, the empathy that's been on show over the past few weeks has been, or past few months, has, has been quite something. So locally, we're in a really strong place in terms of those connections that we've made. Um, my sort of my, my closing gambit, I suppose, is that I'm I'm looking to to, to focus on. Hopefully, developing, helping to create a kind of education system that isn't such an exam factory that it doesn't put so much pressure on our young people. And I wonder if we can dare to dream for that. Um, and if we come together, that that's something we can do. Um, I've read an article actually, it's in the, um, I'll do a plug for Ben now, so it's in the All Things Business magazine. Um, so there is an article that kind of sums up my view, um, two page spread within that magazine. Um, and if anyone does want to get in touch directly, the best way to do it is, is email. And my
0: email address is mcoleman at neneducationtrust.org.uk. M C-O-L-E-M-A-N, C-O-L-E-M-A-N at yeah. neneducationtrust.org.uk. That article in All Things Business will be available on social media. I'm just quickly looking up now if I can find, um, I should remember it, bern will kill me here. But uh, All Things Business, .co.uk. So if you go on to www.allthingsbusiness.co.uk, you will see all the articles from the magazine, the print version. They are all online indeed. Um, and I also, the do you have any contact details for the NSBA, uh, Matt, or is that contact you first and then take it from there? or is right, so, so,
1: so if anyone wants to engage with the NSBA, the best person to contact is Louise Garrard, um and her email address is louise at uk.
0: That's right, Louise. Doing a great job there for Ben. Louise at allthingsmanagement.co.uk. So, uh, very important for our society. Very important for our future. It's great to have such professionals, dedicated professionals like Matt, working uh, in this space. If you do have a business, if you do have youngsters, if you know, everybody should care about these issues we've been talking about. And I appreciate your um, sincerity and, and and forthrightness in so many ways. But that NSBA is definitely worth supporting get closer to your local business become a governor volunteer get to understand what they need what they want because um you're right we're all in this together aren't we matt and we do need to help and support each other public private academic and third sector need to work much more closely together i think going forward
1: absolutely couldn't agree more
0: well, thank you ever so much for coming on the show. Uh, keep up the good work. Good luck with this term. I hope that it goes smoothly. I think there are some risk points going to come up, certainly you know, end of the month with university. We'll see what happens. Um, but um, you know, dedicated professionals like yourselves, I think you are a much maligned and underappreciated um, resource asset in this country. So uh, great to have you on the show. Perhaps you'll come back again early next year and tell us how things are going. That's
1: very kind, yeah. Thank you very much. I'd love to. I'll be happy to. Thank you.
0: dot com slash support us. So until next time, thank you very much again for listening.